Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, go bros. I got Gabriel Hamill on the show, fresh back from... Austin, Texas, a summer event. Hey, Gabe, welcome to the Go Abundance Podcast. Hey, thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. Hey, buddy. How, how was Austin? I, I was on my 25th wedding anniversary, so I didn't get to uh, make it this year. Oh, congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. I joined Go Abundance in November, so January was my first, my first event, and then this was my second event, and I really felt like I got to dig deeper into some of the relationships and people that I had met previously. So it was, it was great. Yeah. What was your, what would you like, would you say your favorite part? I know you guys did a lot of stuff What you had a ping pong tournament, right? What else? Ping pong tournament went out, went out on Lake Travis and jumped on the jet skis and did some wakeboarding. That would be cool. What, and so what would you say your favorite part of it, of it was? Honestly, my favorite part was just digging deeper into the relationships, the people that I had met. I, I think some of these will be lifelong friends. Some will be lifelong business partners, potentially. And that's what I went there, just with an open mind to meeting people and getting to, getting to dig deeper into who they were, who they are. It's kind of cool getting at, you know, going someplace by yourself and kind of like finding all these people with commonality. It's kind of like going to college for the first time. You know, you go there and you're like, all these people are in the same boat as you and, and you build these instant friendships, you know? Yeah, no, ab- Absolutely. So um, let's, let's learn about Gabriel. Give us like a five-minute story of like, you know, like uh, the day you were born up till today. Sure. I grew up lower, kind of lower middle class family, great family, went to pretty traditional uh, schooling. And, you know, when I was, well, fast forward a little bit. When I was, when I was 19, I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it clicked for me. And that was my focus. Got got into real estate investing, hit that pretty hard, and yeah, that's that's kind of the the short of it. That's crazy. Most people don't you know read Rich Dad Poor Dad at nineteen. Sure, sure. Well, for me, for me, high school. I was a high school wrestler, and that was my focus. I, I knew early on that academics 
wasn't going to be my strong point. I didn't, I didn't go to college. So I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad at 19. I was in the Army National Guard. So I got deployed to Iraq in 2003 and four, uh, constantly thinking about those, those lessons and things I learned in that book and telling everybody over there, hey, when I get back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this real estate portfolio and be financially free. And most of them thought I was pretty crazy. But I had a, I had a dream and I was passionate about it. And I came back and started, started buying properties. That's a pretty cool story. So, so tell me, what'd you do? Like, what'd you do in Iraq? So I was in the, an infantry unit. And so, uh, I live in Oregon, the Oregon army national garden hadn't been, de- uh, the guard had not been deployed since world war two. And so I got a call in Oh three and five days later I was gone. No shit. Really? Like, like you were in there, like you're doing two weekends a month or whatever. Two yeah. One, one weekend a month. I, one you know, weekend a month, right? Yeah. Go play GI Joe in the woods. I, I joined cause you know, it sounded, sounded like a fun thing to do when I was 17. And did you know that that, that could potentially could happen or, or like, did you know what's coming down the pike or? You know, it's, you join knowing that it's a possibility. It seemed unlikely, you know, it had been World right. War II, the last time the National Guard had been deployed. So. so five days later, you were gone. Five days later, we were gone. Yeah. We trained in Colorado for a couple months, three days in Kuwait, or sorry, three, three and a half months in Kuwait, three and a half months in Iraq, and then five months back in Kuwait. Wow. Yeah. And the whole time you're thinking, man, I can't wait to get back and I'm going to take all this money I'm saving now over here yeah. and put it in, uh, put it in the real estate. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I saved my money over there. It wasn't a ton and I learned real fast. I didn't like people telling me what to do. Um, you know, I was, I was interviewed on bigger pockets recently and Dave, David Green and asked, Hey, what, what lessons did you learn in the military that you took over into real estate investing? And, and honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was I real quickly learned I didn't want to have a boss and someone tell me what to do every day, let alone any day. Yeah, that's fascinating. Okay, so, so and what year was that that you finished? So I came, back, I came back to the States in 2004 and got completely out in 2005. And then what'd you do? So I bought my first house in 2005. You know, that was right during the subprime. And so uh, 2005, six, seven, I was able to buy three houses, two with no money down, one with 5% down. Uh, you always hear like the bad stories of people buying houses and overpaying during this subprime market. But I actually bought my first house with no job and no money down. The bank gave me a loan and I ended up renting out two of the rooms, living way below uh, rent. You know, my expenses were way below any rent that I would have paid anywhere else. So house hacked that first house, bought a second one in 2006, a third one in 2007, and then in 2008, when I went to go buy a house, the banks, it's a, it's a whole nother market. And the bank's saying, wait a minute, you actually need 30% down and a, a job if you want to be approved for, for a loan. And so uh, that's when I had to start getting creative. So 2009, 10, 11, 12, I started buying a lot of properties on seller financing. And that's how I started building up my portfolio. Wow. And, and so where are you today? How many houses do you have? I'm in contract on a 60-unit mobile home park, and when I close on that, I'll be just over 200 units. And so, like, how, like, how do you break this down? Like, a mobile home park, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just you? That's just me. I closed on a 43-unit mobile home park recently, and then the rest of the portfolio was kind of a mix between single family, small multifamily, uh, duplexes, uh, triplexes, six units, eight units, and then some mixed use commercial ground floor apartments upstairs, 15, 20 unit stuff. So, so basically you got 50 different things 
and then you got two mobile home parks. Yep, yep, yep. So about 100 units outside of the mobile home parks, and then the mobile home parks take up that other, that other 100 units. And then once, once all the, the debt is paid, the management fees, expenses, all that crap is paid, everything's done, what are you netting out of that? So right now, gosh, I better get better, a little more clear on my one sheet, I think. And we went through that at Austin. I, a lot of the money I've been pumping back into deals. So for a long time, even though I was cash flow positive on some of the stuff, I was putting. When you say put, when you say pumping back into deals, what do you, what what does that mean? Like, like save, saving up the cash flow and putting it down on the next property or putting so it buying, in, using it as down payments for for down, Yeah, and a lot of the properties I was buying early on had a lot of deferred maintenance, and so as the and I would buy them with with tenants in there that that weren't great tenants. So as they were moving out. I would take that cash flow and put it back into cleaning up the property so I could get better tenants in there. Well, if you, di- if you didn't buy, like let, let's say you just stopped buying yep. right today, yep. Yep. What, would it, what would it make? Yeah, my portfolio right now, you're talking the cash flow itself. Yeah, the cash flow. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's about a, the, gross, the gross on that is about around the 500,000 500, mark. The gross rents. Correct. And then expenses are what? I'm probably in the three oh three forty range. Three fifty. So it's paying you it's paying you twelve grand a month or something. Yeah. And then and then what are your personal family expenses? I yeah, I don't have a lot of personal expenses other than other than my mortgage on my house. So my uh when we went over the one sheets and I dug into my personal expenses, I'm I'm under five thousand about five thousand a month in personal expenses. So you're really like a two hundred percenter. Correct, yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, five grand a month is, is, I mean, frugal. Sure, sure. Like, is it just you? You single or? No, I'm married. I, I have two kids. And one thing when we were digging into the one sheet just that. Just feed them or, or what? Tell feed them. A farm in your fucking backyard? I mean, nobody, no. 5000 a month. That's. <laughs> sure, sure. How do you do that? Well, when we have done stuff, I've, I, I've had the, pay, the business pay for it. And what I mean by that is. When I, when I stopped working, essentially, I stopped working when I was $1,500 a month cash flow positive. So I, I stopped working about 10 years ago when I was only, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't wealthy, but I was financially free. So I lived extremely frugally for many, many years. And I was not buying anything. You know, I didn't have new shoes, new pants. I was driving very inexpensive cars. And it wasn't until uh, my real estate actually started producing a significant amount of income both from the cash flows and uh, sold some properties, some cash out refis that I actually started uh, purchasing things. So things like family trips uh, and things of that nature, I would be paying for out of the business only when I was able to create some income to cover those costs. Same thing with, with buying a car, not until the income coming off those properties would pay for something like that. And, and, and then so what do you think your you know, net worth is with all the equity and all these things? Yeah. So my net worth right now is about 5.1 million. I have a little over 15 million in real estate, about 9 million in debt and about a hundred, about a, uh, about a million of that. I have some partners on some stuff. So it's put me, puts me right about that 5.5.1 point, 5. mark. That's sweet. And then talk to me about mobile homes, right? Like why mobile homes? Yeah. Yeah. So I, the reason I was looking at the mobile home parks uh, really is 
everything I've done up until now has been value add to some extent. Uh, I really went after homes that were poorly managed, under rented, deferred maintenance. And I felt like the mobile home park model really, really fit that. So when I was getting into these smaller single family homes and then these medium sized multifamily stuff, I realized that the poorly managed under rented deferred maintenance also fit the mobile home park model. So there were a lot of parks around the country that hadn't had rent increases, had tenants that, that weren't paying and there was that, that upside. So I was, looking, I was looking for something that fit that criteria. I found a park uh, that happened to be an hour south of me and it fit all those things. Rents hadn't been increased in four and a half years. The pad rents hadn't. Uh, the park was being ran really well. The, the older couple that, that owned it ran it really well and the numbers worked for what it was, but there was still that upside. So uh, under rented, there was eight park owned homes that could be sold back to the tenants and almost all the repair and maintenance in the last couple of years had all been on the park owned homes. And then none of the utilities had been billed back to the tenants. So a small increase of $25 a month per pad, billing back the utilities and selling those homes back to the tenants brought up another almost 45,000 or will have brought up. I just purchased it a couple months ago uh, in, in net income. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and like, how'd you find it? So this park, I was, I was working with a commercial broker looking for some multifamily stuff. And I'm, I'm about two hours south of Portland. And the, the cap rates in Portland on the multifamilies are just getting condensed down to almost nothing. And so I said, hey, I, I like value add. If you, if you find something in the, in the B class or even, multi, or even uh, mobile home parks, I'd be interested. And she had a broker in-house uh, that had a mobile home park that had not gone to market yet. And I'm, I'm looking over the numbers and it was, it made sense to me. And this, this park that I have in contract now, very similar situation where the rents are under market rent and there's just that same upside. And, and that's about- you, Like, what do you pay for these things? So I paid uh, 1.3 for the 43 unit and I, uh, I'm in contract at 1.475 on the 60 unit. Nice, nice, good, nice yeah. affordable things. You know, that's, yeah. that's really cool. And then you can control the whole thing yourself, which is even cooler. Let's shift gears. Let's talk about yeah. health a little bit. Um, how yeah. much do you weigh? I weigh 150 pounds. All right. And what's your body fat? My body fat is under eight. Well, that's great. And um, so talk to me about your diet. What do you eat? I have been a strict vegan for 15 years. Holy so. dirt. Okay. Yeah, about that, yeah. Bro. Yes, I've always been into fitness. I, I was a state champion wrestler and I, I then got into powerlifting and was doing a lot of heavy, uh, I was breaking uh, bench press records. I broke three state bench press records and competed at a world bench press competition at 19. This was before I got deployed. And I was strong, but it didn't feel very functional. I, didn't, I felt almost too big. And so when I came back uh, from Iraq in 2004, I read this article about a guy who reversed colon cancer. And it was really because he was afraid of doing chemo and radiation. And I thought, okay, this is one guy, one story. So he went vegan. Uh, he went all plant-based and without any medicine had cured his colon cancer. And I thought one guy, one story, plus he was selling like a greens, a greens drink product. So I thought he had a bias to the story there. And I was pretty, pretty damn carnivorous before that. So I was like, there's got to be other stories. So I, I probably read or listened to 200 different testimonies of people uh, reversing heart disease and anything from uh, funky skin stuff to brain tumors. And so 
I was convinced. I didn't eat my first salad until the week I went vegan, and I was so convinced that. Wait a minute! Uh, wait a minute! You never had a yeah. salad. Nope. How old were you? No, I was. Uh, let's see, 2005. So I'm 37 now. Uh, 22. So you, 22 years, you didn't like okay. a side Caesar or nothing. You didn't even no. have like nothing. No, no. There, I mean, there was a handful of veggies that I ate, but I, I'm, I'm an all or nothing guy. So I, I was so convinced I went all in. I, I always wanted to eat salad. Like I always wanted to like it. I just didn't. And now I, now I love it. So. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So take me through your day. Like what, like what do you have for breakfast? What do you have for lunch? What do you have for dinner? Yeah, it's kind of a mix. In Austin, I was, I was getting some pretty good smoothies uh, every morning. And uh, I do a lot of smoothies, but also a typical breakfast. I'll do really nutty granola uh, with almond milk. I'll usually throw in uh, hemp seeds or something like that to the mix, sometimes oatmeal. And then lunch and dinner really vary. Uh, I do a lot of Thai food, a lot of stir fry type stuff where it's mostly vegetables, sometimes a little tofu. I'll do rice or noodles, something like that. And what, what about, okay, so talk to me about the smoothie or juice or whatever, like, you know, preferred, what do you go? Like you yeah. go to a juice joint and, and you get to pick out the ingredients. What are you picking? It's, it's usually mostly fruit with some, some kind of nut butter in there. They'll throw in almond butter or peanut butter or, you know, something like that. So you, what do you, what do you go? Bananas, uh, apples, but, but, peanut butter? I mean, what? Sure. I, I made, I made one uh, yesterday and it was, it was blueberries, mangoes, strawberries. I threw in hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seed, and I used almond milk and there was banana in there too. I don't know if I said banana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mainly fruit then. Yep. Yeah. And peanut yeah. butter. I threw peanut butter in there. And peanut butter. Yeah. Okay, cool. Fascinating. All right, cool. And then uh, let's see, do you know what your blood pressure is? I, do, I, can, I can look it up right now because I have it on here. I want to say it was like 117 over. The last time I had it checked, it was 115 over 73. Okay. All right. All right. So now let's shift gears again. Uh, you got two kids. How long have you been married? We've been together 13 years and married five. Okay. So, and how old are your kids? They're nine and 11, two boys. Wow. So, so you got pregnant and you had kids before you were married, right? And that yeah absolutely yep and that and that was part of the <laughs> part of the story yeah yeah it's like David Osborne did the same thing was just you're yeah. just unsure you know you're just or you well, didn't believe in marriage what was it no we so no it's a good question so we were we were pretty early into our relationship so back when I had those couple houses I also had a nutrition store for a couple years and that nutrition store didn't always make a lot of money some months only well, a what was it a GNC or, or no it was a little market. Yeah, it was a little, if you can imagine, almost like a juice bar set up inside of a gym, but I was selling vitamins and supplements, not, not okay. juice. So I'm literally sitting there thinking about my financial goals because a, a goal I had was to be financially free before I had kids. I was six months into our relationship and I got a call from my now wife that, to come home because she was pregnant. So I went, oh, oh, damn. And so I had to get pretty serious with my, with my financial goals real fast. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So five years from now, right? Yep. Uh, your yep. kids are 16 and 
14, right? Yes. What, what, do you, what, what do you want your family to be doing? What do you want to be doing? Yeah, we want to be pretty mobile. We're, we're dedicated to the community we live in now, and that's important to the kids. But we travel, we started traveling a little bit with the family, and we're going to continue to do that in the, in the wintertime and summer times. And so that's, that's really important to us too. And I love the real estate game. I will, as long as I love it, I'm going to keep investing in real estate and keep creating more passive flows. Is most of your stuff right in and around Oregon? Oh, yeah, I have, I have uh, one single family house in, in Pennsylvania and everything else is in Oregon. Everything's within about 15 minutes from me. How did that happen? How'd you, how'd you end up with, uh, you got 200 units. How'd you get one in Pennsylvania? The one in Pennsylvania, it was a, turn, a turnkey guy. Oh, okay. Is that working out for you? It is, but I don't love it. It's not, I, I don't love doing the turnkey stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. The margins aren't, you, you, it's just it's one of those things, that, at least in the back of your mind, you're always going to think, you know, what, like I overpaid, you know, I, I paid for the fat net. Um, and, the, and the market I'm in, I, I, I know the sub markets really well. I, I grew up here. I'm really comfortable in the sub markets and it, I feel like that's really important because there's parts of town that I have no interest in purchasing in and there's parts that I do. And I, unless I had a strong team somewhere else, I, I don't think I would know that. Okay. So what are your top five business goals this year? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull up my one sheet right now. Luckily, you just got back from Austin, so it's all up to take. <laughs> yeah, right? You want my last quarter top fives? Where yeah. is coming up? They're yeah. both. Uh, both. Both. All right. So uh, last quarter top fives, I went on a road trip with my boys. Uh, we got in the car, uh, me and my two boys with no plan other than to head south. And so that was the first time we've done that. We ended up in San Francisco, LA, San Diego, and that was a blast. Wait a that was- let, me, let, me, let, let me slow this down. So sure. you got in the car with your kids Yep. and they're like, daddy, where are we going? We're like, wherever you want. Yep. They, they knew that we were, they, they had back, backpacks packed. They knew we were going somewhere and neither did one of you, us said. And did you know? No. You had to have some sort of idea. They were jumping. They were jumping up and down, saying "L.A., L.A., L.A." Uh, so we ended up just heading south, and we did end up in L.A. for a little bit. So you got in the car, you shut the door, you, you say goodbye to your wife. Yep. And you're like, "Okay, where do you want to go?" They're going "L.A., L.A., L.A.," and you're just going, "Okay, well, they, let me put it in ways or whatever, and just start heading that way." Or did you just start heading? Like, t- talk to me. How's that work? How do you do a blackout? <laughs> I like the idea, by the way. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to do this, but but how? Like, how did you do it? How did you? contain them that sort of thing they, they did pretty for two really energetic boys they did pretty pretty darn good yeah we just said let's go and if we if there if someone wanted to stop somewhere then we would and so by the time we hit uh san francisco everyone was ready to just kind of chill so we got a hotel there and then we the next day powered through down to la and then we spent most of our time in southern california the rest of the trip yeah, that's awesome. And then you're just looking stuff up on the internet and saying, hey, how about this? How about this? Looking stuff up. Yeah, it was warmer there than up in Oregon. So we spent a lot of time on the beach and we have some family down there we got to link up with and that was nice too. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, keep yeah. going. What else you got? So last quarter, closed on the mobile home park. That was a, that was a big one. Uh, I wrote a chapter in a book with Kyle Wilson, who was Jim Rohn's business partner of 18 years. That was very exciting. Tell me about that. What, what kind of book is he writing? And what's it called? It's called Desire, Discipline, Determination, Lessons from thought, Bold Thought Leaders. Uh, and so those three things, desire, discipline, determination, were three things I've applied to so many areas of my life. It, just, it felt right. Writing is very, was a little uncomfortable for me, but I wanted to do some things this year that felt uncomfortable uh, and stretched me. And 
you know, writing a chapter stretched me quite a bit. So I, I got a lot more personal than I expected to originally get. I originally kind of wrote about my, my real estate journey. And even though I think it's interesting in some ways, it wasn't really deep. And so I tossed that and got more into kind of the journey uh, with the real estate and how it affected my relationship. And then how I kind of went more towards personal development and how every area of my life started to excel, not just the investment side. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. That, that, that's cool. Um, let's see. Uh, family camp trip. That was awesome. Um, we have another one coming up and then being on the bigger, po- uh, bigger pockets podcast that hasn't came out yet. I think it's coming out next week. And that was something that was on my, on my list. So I was excited about that. Top five coming up highs is, uh, is closing on the Southern mobile home park. And we're going to plan a trip to Belize for the winter time. We went there two summers ago, spent a month in Belize with the family and that's the kids talk about it a lot. It was a highlight. So we're, we're going to go back so, there. Okay. So this, you went over the summer. We went two summers ago. So, uh, this time, this time, two summers ago, we were, and where do you, do you go to one of the hamburgers K or one of those K's yep. or is that where you go? Yep. Hamburgers key and uh, key cocker. Okay. Those are, those are kind of my favorite spots there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, we went there and it was right not too long after that whole McAfee antivirus guy. Did you ever uh-huh. follow that story? I didn't. Uh, you ought to Google it sometime. It's like five years old now, but the, you, you ever heard of McCaffrey antivirus? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, like if you put it on your computer and make sure you don't get viruses. Yes. So anyways, that dude McCaffrey is a, is a, is a butt nut, and he, he's crazy. And he, so he moved down to Ambergris K., and then he, there was a, his next door neighbor was a guy that owned a bunch of sports bars in like Miami, Florida, uh-huh. one of the Florida towns. And uh, his next door neighbor had all these dogs and the dogs would get loose and like growl at him and his guests when they would walk by on the beach because the beaches are open or whatever. And so man, I'm going to make a long story short and also some of us remember. So anyways, he, he shot his so the guy, no, no, McCaffrey's dog. So McCaffrey's dogs were always loose and wild. So the guy, the guy that owned all these sports bars shot, who also lived there, shot the dogs or shot a dog. And then McCaffrey went in there and, and uh, him and his girlfriend uh, went in there, stabbed him, killed oh, him. This is starting to sound familiar. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. and then, they, then they rolled out to through South America across the borders and they hid for a while. And then, and then he actually got arrested, but I think then he got off. I mean, it was all crazy. But, but anyways, some crazy stuff going on down there if you, if you look at some interesting yeah, history. It, sound, it sounds familiar. I, I know like in the mainland in Belize City, it's, I think it's like the murder capital of the world. But on, the, <laughs> on, on the islands, it feels pretty, it's pretty, it feels pretty safe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, we digressed a little bit. Okay, yeah, keep yeah. going. What else? That, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Heading down to, to NorCal to, to do a camping trip uh, with Aaron West and those guys. Down oh, there. yeah. Great, solid dude. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And the other things I had on there was Austin, the summer event, of course, uh, and building authentic relationships. And that was, that was a big part of it. Just getting to know these people. Met so many amazing, amazing guys and got to know so many people so much better. Um, the authenticity of the group uh, and the vulnerability of the group is just it, it's what impressed me in January. It impressed me even more so this time. Yeah, and it's something you can't make up, right? It's kind of be, yep. hey, be authentic. You know, you can't yep. do that. It just has to happen. You know, just 
it's about the people that want to be authentic and those are the ones that end up joining GoBundance. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it seemed, you know, there was, and I mean, I haven't even been in a full year and there was also a lot of new, this was, uh, there was a lot of new people. It was their first time there and knowing that they were in an, uh, a place that they were able to be vulnerable and be authentic in uh, a place they felt comfortable doing that. So many people shared with me that they went into this thing not really, really knowing what to expect, but seeing the vulnerability of the group and the honesty of the group gave them permission to be, to play all out. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's shift gears again. Let's go into contribution yeah. a little bit. Like, let's talk percentages. So, you know, you got, you know, some people base this number on the gross. Some people base it on the net. I kind of think that, you know, you really shouldn't base it on the gross. If, if we took that gross of 500,000, you know, 1% would be five grand a year given to yeah. charity. If you took it on the net and you said, you know, a buck 50 or whatever, uh, 5,000 is going to be 3%. So like, sure. let's, just ba- let's just base it on the, the net, right? So wh- what is your give back ratio? Like what percentage of that net that you're making every month are you giving yeah. back to charities? Yeah, it hasn't been a huge percent. And that's something when I joined GoBundance that I realized, hey, I really need to contribute more. And where, where, would I, where would I make the biggest impact? And so the last year, I more with my time than my money. And I have a little bit with my money as well to some, uh, some local nonprofits. But I feel where I've been able to contribute more is uh, with my time. So there's been a couple... Uh, panels I volunteered to, to speak on and a few people that I've been mentoring who really, who really want it, really want to change their lives. And I feel like I've had a bigger impact with my contribution there than I have with, with my money. Yeah. And that counts too. You know, what, what a lot of people will do is they'll take, you know, they'll figure out what they make an hour and then they'll, you know, use that and making it, turn it into money. Like if you make 500 bucks an hour and you, you know, donate 10 hours, that's, you know, same thing as uh, $5,000. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all good stuff, too. Absolutely. All right, cool. So, let's talk about uh, where you actually want to be. And, you know, now here 10 years from now, right? So, your kids are 26, yep. 24, all right? You and your wife have been married 15 years, uh, been together, you know, forever, right? And so, you, you know, where do you want to live? What do you want to be doing? That sort of thing. Yeah, we, we want to be extremely mobile. And I, I don't even know if like the house we're in right now, we've been, in, we've been here nine years and we're dedicated to being here since the kids have really built, built their community here. And we want to give them that home base. But I don't know if I'll ever own another owner-occupied home after this. I really, my wife and I both love the idea of being mobile. You know, if we want to stay a month somewhere or a week somewhere or a year somewhere, that we can pick up and go. So one of my bucket list items, and I need to specify this even more, but really is the ability to go anywhere at any time, but also to be able to stay at some really nice places without blinking at the cost. You know, I, I think starting off on my journey, I was, I was very frugal and it took me a while to really go into that abundance m- mindset. And so um, that's a big one for us is, to be able to travel anywhere at any time without really concerned with the costs. And I, I will, I will continue I to create passive flows, but we, that's, that's, that's our big one. You know, you know, my wife and I just got back from Switzerland for two weeks and, and I really, 
you know, can say now that it's over there, well, you really didn't have any misadventures. Like there mm-hmm. was no like funny stories of like, or, or mean stories, not mean, but you know, bad stories where you're like, sure. oh, I can't believe this happened. This happened. And someone says, yeah. why do you, why do you think that happened? Cause we went to five different spots. You know what I mean? We traveled yeah. and whenever you travel, you're going to have misadventures. Sure. And, um, I think it was, you know, I told people, I was like, number one, you get the more and more you travel, the better and better you get at, at planning stuff out and making sure. sure that your expectations are already set, that you're not, you're not expecting anything different than what you're getting. But the second thing too, is being able to pay, being able to yeah. pay for, you know, business class so that, you know, you can sleep on a nine hour flight, being able to pay, you know, for transportation to get you there. So you don't got to take the the bus, three trains and a, and a, um, yeah. you, you know, and walk six miles. You know what I mean? Like, like all that stuff plays into allowing you to have so much better. I think of a, a vacation or, or a vacation that's, that's more, that's seamless. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that just comes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What about, what about bucket list items? Like if you had to look back or your greatest hits, let's just take one. Sure. Just say your number one greatest hit is in your life so far in your, in your 36 years of life. Wow. As far as, as far as like a bucket list. Yeah, it could. Well, a lot of it's poignant moment. Like it could be, you know, your cliche would be your wedding day. Another cliche would be your kids being born. So let's take those off the table. What what would be the one thing? Like it could be getting on bigger pockets. It could be, you know, the day you bought your first house. It could be the day you got deployed. What what would you pick? It's hard to, it's hard to put it to one, you know, to one thing or one, one experience. Cause I feel like all the experiences have is, added up to where I am and who I am today. Um, but I do think, I do think our month in Belize together was a big one because it was our first out of the country trip that we took the kids on. And we didn't, we did some cool excursions and adventures, but mostly we just lived. We went to the beach. It was, it was simple, but it created so many memories, both for me, my wife and the kids that I I think will last a lifetime. So I think the ability to do that and understand the importance of that was a big one because it's kind of pushed, pushed me into creating a lot of goals around being able to do that and having that mobility to, to continue to travel with them. So it had a bigger, had a bigger impact on me and the kids than I anticipated. So let's go into the future then. What, like, give yep. me, give me, give me one uh, future greatest hit yep. that you want to have, like a place you want to go or yep. something you want to attend. We're, we're going to spend the majority of the summer uh, next summer in Thailand. Really? Yep. I think, I think about a month and a half, if not two months and, uh, the details, where, where, where are you going to, yeah. Do you know any details? No, no details at all. We, uh, but that's, that's our plan is to go to Thailand. I, I may summer. take, I may be taking my family there. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Not, not okay. for two months, but like, yeah. uh, my girls are, my, my kids are 23 and 25 and you know, my one daughter's graduating from grad school. So we said, Hey, you know, this opportunity before you get a, a super real job to, to take a, a family trip. And so they want to go to Thailand. So we'll nice. definitely, we'll definitely connect and, and get together and you could tell oh, that'd us. Be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 That'd be really cool. I've, I've only met one person ever that didn't like it. And, and that's because his wife left him in, in Thailand, but that's whoa, a long story. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> it must be real long. <laughs> and he, he had a business there, but, um, the other, you know, 200 people I've met that's gone to Thailand, they all love it and say you should go. So, 
Yeah, my wife's a little scared about it. You know, she's like, well, I don't know. It's not, you know what I mean? It's in the, English isn't the first language and, you know, it's, it's hot. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I don't know. But she, we're working on her. Me and the girls are working on her because yeah. they want to go bad. So Yeah. I'm, like I said, everyone else has had an amazing experience. So, Well, we'll definitely need to talk more about this. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Uh, well, well, this has been good, Gabriel. Listen, uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Really appreciate you being candid, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you at one on, in uh, one of the GoBundance events, probably uh, Aspen in January. I, I will be there. Yeah, and I'm. Uh, we're gonna. We just decided today that we're gonna take the family down to the One Life event in California. So oh, sweet. We'll all, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll all be there too if you're gonna be there. No, I don't. I don't I, right now, I don't. I don't have that on the schedule. But uh, okay, I'll be in Patagonia in October. Nice. Go abundance. And then uh, my wife and I are taking a couple's trip. You and your wife should oh, awesome. consider this to Cuba. I don't know if you saw that in the book. At I the, saw that. Yes. Yeah. 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 But that's going to be epic. So, all right. Cool, brother. Well, I will, right. uh, I will definitely, uh, we'll definitely get together in Aspen then. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing the conversation in the future. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, don't step to me, bitch. Now you can.